please, some of you will boo me out, but take a hyper baby aspirin and get over it. Isn't it amazing? It takes a catastrophe before we get concerned. It takes God dumping five feet of water on a state before we get concerned. May I say this? I praise God for our president. I like him. Some of you don't, but I like him. Bless God. He's got a backbone. Amen. Now you may not, but I like him. And uh, he, he's called National Day of Prayer. Can I say this? They should call for a National Day of Prayer last week. We need a National Day of Prayer since the day he got in. Oh, he was concerned. And mourned certain days. Oh, boy, this is good. And fasted. Our president called for a National Day of Prayer. I'll be honest with you. I love our church. I do. I love it with all my heart. But if I'd call for a national day of fasting where we miss lunch today, while well, I'd be half the crowd, I mean they'd be in a tizzy, they'd fall all to pieces, their life wouldn't be turned up. My God, I'm quitting! He's starving us to death! They weigh two, three hundred pounds, and bless God, I'm starved to death. I'm missing a meal. That's right. They fall all to pieces. But notice, he's concerned man. He fasted. I want to ask you, when's the last time you wept? And the last time you done without a meal? Because, hey, by the way, it's your son, sir, ma'am. It's your daughter. It's your baby. And they're not why I was gone. And you're not, you're not sure. You could, you're not comfortable dying with what they got. And you, well, you wept and fasted over them and asking God. He mourned and wept and fasted. And then he prayed before the God of heaven. He was a common man. He was a concerned man. He was a cup-bearing man. Nehemiah chapter 111, he says, I be, O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servant. And who desire to fear thy name and prosper, I pray thee thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. For I was the king's cupbearer. Now a cupbearer in that day, Persian kings didn't trust anybody. Persian kings would not allow their wife and their children come and see them without permission. When Esther walked into the king, had that they, the king had guards lined up on both sides, and when the king had a sepulchre, a big old pole with a thing on the top of it, when Esther walked in, if that king had not extended that sepulchre to her and she touched it, them guards would quickly uh, put a bag over her head. She'd be taken outside, and needless to say, 
would you like to know where her head would wind up? In the back. They'd take them out. And so a king's wife and children, no one could come. And they had a great fear of being assassinated by poison. And so the most trusted man in the kingdom was a cupbearer. I mean, if the king got a drink of water, cupbearer drank it first. If he got if he eat some grapes, cupbearer took a bite of the grapes first. No matter what he ate, no matter what he drank, the cupbearer tasted it, drank it first. Before, and if the cup burning go, ah, then he, he would eat. If he fell dead, they get another cup burn. Cup is the most revered man in the kingdom. Do you know what else he had? He had an audience. He had an don't miss this. He had an audience with an earthly king at any time he wanted. He didn't have to make an appointment. He could walk in the king's presence any time he chose to. That cupbearer knew the heart of an earthly king. He knew what would make the earthly king mad. He'd seen him get angry said, Take his head off. His head be gone. He knew what made the earthly king glad. He knew everything. You know what he's just saying to God? Nehemiah said, God, I've had an audience with the earthly king, but I'm tired of talking to earthly kings. I want an audience with the eternal king of glory. I've been privileged to know what it means to have an audience with an earthly king. Oh God, I want an audience with an eternal king. He's saying, God, I've got the earthly king's ear. See, the king would be making the decision. And he'd say, Nehemiah, what do you think about that? And Nehemiah would give his opinion. Something going on, he'd say, Hey, Nehemiah, what do you think about that? He'd become very trusted and long. By the way, time out! If you can't respect and honor earthly authority you probably won't get an audience with an eternal authority let me say that again if you can't honor and respect an earthly authority you probably won't get an audience with an eternal authority wow wow had he stood there and said, Hey, shove it, king. I ain't going to do that for you. He would have kicked everything, gutted everything. By the way, he didn't leave his presence 
and badmouth the king either. Because somebody would have run and told the king so they could get the job. It was a, it was a precious job. He was a cupbearing man. Oh, let me say that again. I, I, I need to repeat. If you have a problem, if you have a problem with earthly authorities, you probably will never get an audience with an eternal authority. Wow. First John 4.20 If a man say, I love God and hate his brother, he is a liar. Now this is what he said. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? So that's a person. That's number two. Let me show you the prayer. Now let me stop out here. I got messed up here bad. I got messed up really, really bad here. I tell you it did. Boy, the, the, reading the Bible will mess up what you believe sometimes. It really will. So I began to read the prayer. Now I have a prayer list. I've had one for years. And what I do on my prayer list, if it's something serious, if it's something that needs special attention, I'll just take my little pen out and I'll just put me a little asterisk beside of it. And all that does is tell me that that person needs more prayer. I need to really touch heaven for that individual. Brother Scott, your, your name's got an asterisk by it. He'd been really sick. And the other, other week, I put an asterisk beside him. And I pray for him every day. And I really felt that I did good in that. Until I read his prayer. And his prayer messes my prayer up. So I, so I made, a, because it's what it is, a little acrostic. And I, and I put them up here and you can get you one later. And uh, you may not know how to spell or something. So I made you a little list. And, and, and we'll use the word prayer. And I want you to notice how he prayed. Number one, the word for the P. First thing Nehemiah does is this. And he said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God, that keepeth covenants and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. You know what's the first thing he does? And I looked. I, I don't see his list. I, I don't... Now, God, we got a wall down and we got the gates have been burning. God is a noble and God, I need this and I need this and I need this and I need this. You, you know what he does? He says, Oh, Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God. That word terrible simply means a reverential fear. He's, what he's just saying is that, see, fear has, is a coin with two sides. One is fear that makes me scared. Last night I come to the church. 
And I, I by the way, I just love this. <laughs> and I was outside praying. And Matthew come out the fellowship hall. It was dark. He come through that door. And I had come right around the corner. And I said, Ho! You, you should have seen him jump. <laughs> I just tell you. I know I shouldn't have done it, but... <laughs> But the other night, real late, I was praying here at the church, and I heard him. You ever heard Matthew knock? He knocks real loud. And there's the front door, and it's dark. And I said, "Who in the world?" You know, I don't. I don't pack a gun, and I'm afraid I'll shoot myself. And uh, I, I thought, man, I, I said, "Don't want to go see." So I slipped around there, and it's Matthew. I said, God, call me. So, paybacks. You know what the Lord does, what Nehemiah does? First thing, he starts appraising God. He starts appraising God. He uses the word Lord God, which means Elohim, the self-existent eternal one. He addresses him. He said, that, he said, you're the God that knows everything, that can feel every need, that knows all there is about me. He addresses him and acknowledges, my, what a great God you are. He prays and he addresses him with praise. He starts by praising him for all his goodness. I just wondered, Ain't none of my business. But I just wonder, when's the last time you praised? Don't you take this the wrong way, but you never got past the P. When's the last time you praised and you just, you just never got past praising Him? By the way, you're, you're in a mess. You're in a mess. You're in a desperate mess if you ain't got nothing to praise Him for. This this messed up my list. So this week I started, first thing I do is praising Him. And then something happened. When I started praising Him, he started bringing to mind that I got plenty of food at the house to eat. He brought to mind that I got a good house to live in. He brought to mind that I got good cars to drive. He brought to mind I got clothes on my back. He brought to mind that he's been awfully good to me. He brought to mind the times that he's answered prayer when, when I wasn't worthy of an answer. He brought to mind the times that his hand has touched my life. He brought to mind time, and it just kept growing and growing and growing. And I thought he said, God, blessed be your name for all that you are. When's the last time you praised God? Nehemiah is praising God. Second, oh man, he does something that blows my mind. I'm amazed. Notice the second part, the heart. And let thine ear be attentive and thine eyes open, that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, 
which I prayed before thee now, day and night, for the children of Israel, thy servant. Now hold it. Here's going to come the list. The list is coming. Sure enough, I, I bet you list. But notice what he says. And confess the sins of the children of Israel. Nehemiah, the are. Are you repenting? You know what's lost in our church today? We live any way we want to and walk in the house of God and no conviction over it. And when a church says, bless God, shacking up is sin, sex before marriage is sin, Drinking and dope is a sin. And lying is a sin. They get all in a tizzy. I dare him said, No, no. He repented of the sins of the nation of Israel. I want to ask you a question. None of my business. But when's the last time you prayed about the sin of our country? Isn't it hard to believe? But we murder a million and a half babies a year. I hope you don't cry. Let me buy you a baby. Believe you me, I promise you, I'll get him back. Could you imagine murdering that one and a half million times a year. When the safest place he ought to be in Jesus' mother's womb. Oh. <laughs> yes. I went and throw him up there and catch him. Not like that. <laughs> Praise God my baby days is over. Hallelujah. <laughs> Could you imagine we're murdering a million and a half babies. When's the last time our prayer said, God, please forgive us Amen. for murdering your children, for murdering your babies. God, forgive us. Please, God, forgive us. When's the last time we prayed and fell on our face and said, God, forgive us? God, please forgive us. We took your, your, your divine order of one man for one woman a lifetime and we slapped you in the face with it and you called it an abomination and we call it an alternate lifestyle but God, it's still an abomination. God, please, please God, forgive us of our nation. Forgive us for our sin. People come to you. Why did God allow this happen in Texas? I'm going to tell you why God's allowed this stuff to happen. Because the sins of our nation were slapping God in the face. All more yet, when, when's the last time we confessed the sins of our children? Oh, you know, I, I, I'm going to mess some of you up. 
Some of you got your children on such a pedestal. You, you, don't, you don't think they do no wrong. You, you think, and they told you they're going to heaven. But, but I'm going to tell you something. You better get off that stuff. You better get on your face and start crying out. God forgive the sins of my son and my daughter. They they're not living right. They're not doing right. They're, they're, not, they're not right with you. And there's salvation between you and them. But they're not right, God. And, and repent. When's the last time you repented yourself? Have we come to the place that we put on our Sunday go to church clothes on and we're good and you're good so let's have a group celebration let's just enjoy God He's good, you're good let's love everybody love everybody and when, when God is, is sick Laodicean church said God made God sick Said you're not hot and you're not cold, but you're lukewarm. God, rather you be cold or hot, but just honest. He repented. He said we've dealt very corruptly against thee. It means to bind and to twist. Has the ideal of taking ropes and tying something up. Have we tied the hands of God? Doing what needs to be done in our nation. Are you facing a problem? Your family, your job, your home. Stop blaming him or her. And look at yourself and see where you might be at fault. I ain't bothered with kids. Stop blaming the school and the church and everybody else. Stop blaming their friends. Get square one. Take responsibility and say, God... My, my child is just sinning and wrong and just getting honest. He, he praised God. Then he, he repented. Then he done the third thing. Then he's asking, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to thy prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servant to desire to fear thy name and prosper, I pray thee, thy servant this day and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. I'm hunting, I'm hunting, I'm hunting. The list, the list is the walls and, and lumber and, and, and whatever they put together with. There ain't no list. He's asking, God, please grant us mercy. God, just grant us mercy. You know what he's saying? Boy, it's with, oh, gosh, this is so good. He's saying this. God, if I can get an audience with you, I don't have to give you a list. Because you already know my list. I don't have to give it to you. All I've got to do is get an audience with you. See what we want, what we got, we've come to a place. We want God to do for us, but we don't want an audience with Him. Tell you again. Look this way. We want God to do for us. 
but we don't want an audience with him. Preacher, go to God. Tell God what I need. But oh, God forbid. God forbid that I go to God for myself. By 1987, Soul of the Lord Conference, Bob Jones University, probably 7,000 people there. No man got up to preach. We had driven a hundred miles to hear him. My first time ever hearing this man. He said, Some of you have driven a hundred miles to find out when I went to God. When I went to God to find out. Well, I went to God, come back and tell you what he said. You said, preacher, go to God, find out what he says. Whatever he says, we'll do. But let us not talk with God, lest we die. Some have come this morning. Preacher, go to God. Find out what God has to say. Come back and tell us. And then we've even took it a step further. We'll decide if we'll do it or not. We'll make that decision. But God forbid, don't let us go to God ourselves. Nehemiah is saying this. If if prayer is ever a priority... I want to get to God for myself. James said, Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven in the wind and tossed. Then last of all, yielding. James 4, 2, Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight in war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. Here's the reason. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. Here's what you're saying. I want my way. I want what I want. I want to do what my way. I want to do my thing. And Nehemiah's not praying that at all. He said, I want an audience with God. I've got to have an audience with God. Then notice the priority, the person, the prayer, and notice the priority. And it come to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he sees one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. They were not asking God how to pray. They were praying, Lord, teach us to pray. What they were saying is this, Lord, Teach us to make prayer a priority in our life. If we build the walls around our children, around our church, around our families, around our nation, then we've got to get an audience with God. I done said it. I thank God for a president to call for a national day of prayer. Now, I'm going to tell you this. 
we turn our nation, it's going to have to be a bunch of people that choose to make an audience with God. For He is the only one that can help. There's things going on in your lives right now. I can pray for you, and I do. I promise you I do. But the greatest thing you can do is to make prayer a priority in your own life. How do I do that, preacher? Well, praise, repenting, repentance, asking. But then there's got to be something else. You got to yield to what He may want you to do. Can I say this? I'm not being the kind, and I'm not being the, I'm trying not to be ugly. I'm really not. I'm not trying to just make you feel, I'm not trying to do none of that. I'm trying to get you to make prayer a priority. If we can't be faithful to the simple things, church three times a week, we can't be faithful to that, just simple things, we probably will never make prayer a priority. In our life. Samuel Chadwick says, Satan dreads nothing but prayer. He, he, his one concern is to keep his saints from praying. He fears nothing from our prayerless studies, prayerless work, prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil, he mocks our wisdom, but he trembles when we pray. The prayer that prevails is not the work of lips and fingertips. It is the cry of a broken heart and the travail of a stricken soul. And Nehemiah starts with, I've got to have an audience with God. If you're lost today, the only prayer God will hear from you is, be merciful to me, a sinner. He'll save you. He won't hear no other prayer. No, I pray, preacher. You, 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 you say the words. But genuine prayer is talking to God. If you're lost, be merciful to me, a sinner. But on this week before revival, and on this national day of prayer, I think a whole lot of us, us, all of us, need to make prayer a priority in our life again. And God, Lord, teach us to pray. If you're interested in that, the altar's open and I pray you'll come and ask God to help you do it. Let's all stand to our feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed.